Hey there, welcome to the Chosen for the Culture podcast. Uh, welcome to another episode, episode three uh, of this podcast. I'm, I'm so happy. I'm so happy to have you guys. So happy that you're here. Uh, get comfortable. We got a lot to talk about. So the top storylines, essentially a week in review, you know, post All-Star break. About March 10th, you know, to about last night, uh, Joel Embiid goes down with an injury. Uh, he's out for about two, two to three weeks. Uh, two weeks, they're saying. Uh, does that hurt his MVP chances? We'll see. We'll talk about it. Uh, LeBron's making a stronger case for his MVP. So is Damian Lillard. He had a historic night last night that we'll talk about. Uh, why aren't we talking more about uh, the Charlotte Hornets? We are today. Uh, some teams to watch around the NBA. Uh, should your defensive player of the year be able to guard more than one position? We talk about that. Uh, players to watch being moved before the deadline. Uh, my player of the week and then some games to look forward to. So we have a jam-packed podcast uh, for today. Um, I- I'm very happy to be here. So uh, let's get right into it. Uh, Joel Embiid goes down with an injury. Uh, thank goodness uh, it's not anything too serious. Um, uh, it's just a shame, right? Um, with with Philly being in the position that they're in, they're still playing great basketball. Tobias Harris has absolutely stepped up. We'll talk more about Philly later on. But uh, focusing more on Joel Embiid, you know, posing the question, does this hurt his chances for MVP? Uh, my answer is yes. Uh, it absolutely does. Um you know, being the most valuable is also being the most available. So, sure, I mean, th- does this eliminate him from MVP contention? Absolutely not. Um, but this cert- certainly, uh, you know, he has some ground to make up, let's say. Um, I mean, my goodness. He, they're, first, they're first in the East still. Um, he's averaging 30-12-9, 53% shooting, 42% from the field, 86% free throw shooting. So, um yeah, I mean the the stats are there, so we don't have to worry about that. Um, it, it's essentially you know whenever he does get back, how are they playing together? You know, does Philly continue to go on the streak that they're on? Um, and we'll see, we'll see what happens uh, with Philly. I believe, let's see, their next six games. So right now they're on a six game winning streak. But their next six games are Milwaukee, tough game, uh, Sacramento, uh, the New York Knicks, Golden State, and then they take a uh, trip out west and they go play the Lakers, they play the Clippers, and then I believe they play the Nuggets after that as well. So um, we're going to see, you know, we're, we're going to see when Embiid exactly gets back. Is he going to be back before the trip out west? Hopefully, um, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Does this, does it hurt his chances? Yes, it does. Does it eliminate him? No, it does not. Um, I he's still he's still the MVP um, in, in my eyes, you know, pre-injury. Um, but you know, we do have to factor that in, which kind of segues us into you know, is LeBron making a stronger case for MVP? Uh, absolutely, he is. Um, they're three and zero since the All Star break. Now they did play the Pacers, the Warriors, and the Timberwolves. So we obviously. You know, have to take that into account, of course. But he he has had back to back triple doubles. You know, he's still averaging twenty six eight and seven. Um, you know, AD's out for another three weeks or for another couple weeks at least. 
right? He's getting reevaluated. It could be longer. So, you know, uh, pu- putting our tinfoil hat on here for a second, you know, uh, obviously if AD seriously injured, then, you know, rest up, recover. Um, but, you know, there's been some speculation that the, the NBA, you know, that the league is, you know, kind of giving LeBron a little, you know, nudge, you know, with, you know, certain days of, of rest, he's been getting extra days of rest and, you know, the, the quote-unquote injury that he had pre, you know, all-star break and then during the all-star break and then a few days after that, you know, so there's been some speculation with that, that he's getting extra rest. Um, is AD as, as seriously injured as it's being speculated? Um, I obviously hope not, but just putting the tinfoil hat on for a second, um, let's say that, you know, let's say that he isn't, but he's being held out which obviously gives LeBron, you know, a, a better chance, a better opportunity to perform and to, you know, carry the Lakers in the West, um, his second best player being Dennis Schroeder right now. So, yeah, I mean, if we're, if we're going that far, um, then, yeah, I certainly see that, but I don't think so. I think that, you know, AD is, is taking his time, you know, the trainers are taking their time with him. They obviously want him to be fully recovered 100% moving into the playoffs, you know, where they're obviously going to be. So no issues there. But bottom line, is LeBron making a stronger case for MVP? Absolutely he is. Um, just night in and night out. There's You take LeBron off of that Lakers team, where do you think the Lakers are, right? And the same case can be made for Damian Lillard. Right. Last night he had 50 points on 13 made shots, only 20 field goal attempts. That's absolutely outrageous. 50, 10, and 6 was his line last night. And their comeback win over the Pelicans. That's absolutely absurd. 50 points on 20 field goal attempts. That's outrageous. The Blazers are 5 and 2 in the last seven games. They're moving on up uh, in the West, which is awesome to see. I've always liked the Trailblazers. I've always liked Damian Lillard. I've always been high on Damian Lillard. I've, I, I love his game. Um, I, I think that he is starting to make his case for the MVP. So, so the way that I look at it is, guys and gals, if you take that person off of that team, how, how many wins would they lose, right? Like how... How affected would they be if you took them off that team? So that's where, you know, if you apply that same logic with the 76ers, you know, the 76ers are undefeated after the All-Star break. You know, Joel did come back for a game. Um, You know, essentially, I think he got injured in the third quarter, I believe. But they haven't skipped a beat out in Philly. But... Damien's keeping the Trailblazers afloat in the West. You take him off that team, there's no way. There's no way they're even close to being where they're at. And you can make the same argument for the Lakers. You take LeBron off that team. Now, you could argue about AD coming back, but let's just say AD's still injured. But you take LeBron off of that team, what happens? Right, exactly. We know what happens. So, you still got Jokic in the mix. You still got other players in the mix. I mean, like, like I said before, that, that's going to change week to week. Um 
it just will. It's, it's inevitable. You know, you have players getting injured. You have players sitting out games, possibly. Um, you have players going off for 50 points like Damian Lillard is. Um, you know, Giannis's stat line is still ridiculous. I mean, I think, what, what is he averaging? Something absurd. Uh, 29, 12, and 10 is what he's averaging for the year. 64% from the field. Or no, excuse me. That was that was the past week. That was the past week he was average. That, that's what he averaged. My mistake. But nonetheless, I mean, he still he still has ridiculous numbers. So, you know, that that's that's what I think. You know, in terms of how do you how do you make your case for the MVP? And that's that's what I think you have to think about and take into account is you take that player off of the team. How do they perform? The 76ers are performing well without Embiid over the past few games. Now, granted, their opponents haven't been too great, but you still have other people in contention. So, moving on from that, right? Um, Damian Lillard um, was phenomenal last night in their in the Blazers' comeback win over the Pelicans. Um, an unfortunate series of events for the Pelicans, though, inbounding the ball, ricocheting off of off of the player's shoulder. Going out of bounds, and Damian Lillard, you know, draws a foul on a jump shot for goodness sakes, and you know, sinks his free throws, and they win the game. Zion did get a great shot on that too. That's incredible to me that they had that, you know, drawn up or or you know, just a late game scenario where they get the ball to Zion down there. I mean, he's there's no way you're out jumping him, you know, for a jump ball like that, and he has that good of a shot in the second. You know, he'll get plenty more of those too, I'm sure. Plenty more opportunities to to be in that position, you know. But excellent. Uh moving on, you know, from from that, right? So don't want to focus too much on, you know, MVPs in general. Um but why aren't we talking more about Charlotte? Right? I mean Everyone's talking about Lamelo Ball. Let's be honest, okay? I mean, that's that's the rookie of the year, in my opinion. That's his that's his trophy to lose. But why aren't we talking more about Charlotte as a whole? Now, obviously, they're not as heavily televised outside of the Charlotte area, right? I mean, they have I don't even know how many games that are televised. It's not that many, um, which is which is a shame. But they're fifth in the East right now. They're 20 and 18. They won five of the last six games. They've they're undefeated since the All Star break. They're three zero. And you might be asking, well, who's even on that team? Okay, well, let me tell you. If I were to tell you that Gordon Hayward is averaging 21 five and four, would you believe me? Considering his stunning with Boston, right? Now, granted, battling injuries and things like that, I totally get, but. He's averaging 21, 5, and 4. Rozier, Terry, Scary Terry, averaging 20, 4, and 3. And then you have Lamelo, 16, 6, and 6. So those are like your, your, your big three, if you will, right? You know, they're, they're three best players. That's not bad. That's not bad at all. Now, considering they are in the East, considering 2018 does give them, you know, fifth in the East, right? Um, you know, just a couple games over 500, and you're you're in the mix, right? There's a ton of teams in the mix on, on both sides, you know, that are only a game, game and a half, two games away. So there's going to be a lot of you know slipping and sliding up and down the standings, which I totally understand. But 
this Charlotte team's fun. Like I, I went back and, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say I watched full games because I certainly didn't, but, you know, watching, you know, certain highlights and, you know, extended clips of, you know, their offense and, you know, getting on transition, they're really fun. They're really fun to watch. And, and I think, you know, you have players like Malik Monk and PJ Washington and Miles Bridges and Devontae Graham and, you know, guys like that that can get up and down the court that are extremely athletic that you can toss the ball up to them and they're going to go get it and, you know, it's showtime, right? So, yeah, I mean, they, they without a doubt, need to, need to figure out the whole, uh, you know, scheduling conflict that they, that they had where they're not televised, which who would have guessed that they would be this anyway? But, you know, I, I guess a question could be, you know, can they reevaluate that, you know, during certain parts of the season? I don't think so because... They essentially write in the agreements with with the different you know television companies or you know um, channels, whatever it may be. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. If anyone knows the answer to that, let me know. But if they had some somehow some way to where they could get get on TV more, that'd be great. You know, because they're just a fun team to watch. You know, and that's that's what I'm about too. And it's not like they absolutely stink because they certainly don't. You know, they're they're absolutely in the mix. They have a rookie of the year candidate. Um, Gordon Hayward's playing his best basketball. You know, since a, a minute, right? Terry Rozier's having a great year, and then you have a bunch of young guys. I looked at their roster as a whole, and they're all 22, 22, 22, 25, 26. Gordon Hayward's the old head. And then you have all young guys, right? You know, Cody Zeller and, and some others that are a little older. But you have all guys that are, you know, fresh out of college, you know, a couple years out of college. So that's going to be an interesting team uh, for the future. I think building around LaMelo Ball, um, building around uh, Miles Bridges. Um, you know, you still have Gordon Hayward playing good basketball, Terry Rozier. You know, so you're getting a, a few other pieces, I think, getting a few other vets in the future, I think they're going to be fine. Um, their schedule coming up uh, is pretty, pretty tough. Uh, they have Denver, then they go to, or excuse me, then they play um, uh, the Lakers and the Clippers, and then the Spurs right after that. So they have a, a trip out, out west, or they, they're, they're playing, um, you know, all of those strong western teams, western conference teams. So that'll be interesting, let's say. To see how they see how Lamelo handles that, to see how you know they all come together and, and rally around that and go up against really strong talent. There was a report I saw that they asked Lamelo Ball. They said, "Hey, you know, because obviously, like a lot of these guys that are just not coming into the league, they grew up watching LeBron James, right? Just as you know, um, LeBron grew up watching Jordan. So they they asked." LaMelo and they said hey you know how does it feel you know playing against LeBron James and blah 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 you know just like a softball question and he essentially said that you know it's not something that I even focused on like I'm just treating it like it's uh it's another game you know and I like that answer because like you know whether or not that's absolutely true obviously I I believe him but that's that's a great answer to that because I mean, A, you're competing against this guy, so it's not like you want to absolutely, you know, relinquish that and say, oh my God, you know, it's such an honor, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, 
being being tough, being competitive, saying, yeah, it's not that big of a deal, whatever, you know. I mean, obviously, he's a living legend, and he's still playing in the league, and he's a Hall of Fame candidate, and and the whole the whole works, right? But I like that answer. I I, I appreciated what what Lamelo what he said about that. But moving on, uh, we have a few teams to watch, keep an eye on here. We have two from the East and two from the West. Um, I I really like Philly moving forward. Um, especially, you know, after, well, especially after Embiid gets back, of course, but they are playing really good basketball, and I think that they're going to be okay with their upcoming schedule. Um, Philly's on a six-game winning streak, like I said before. Um, they do play Milwaukee, the Kings, the Knicks, the Warriors, and then they have their trip with the Lakers, Clippers, Denver. Um, so I, I think that, you know, w- within this week, you know, getting Joel rested up, um, allowing him to come back, uh, hopefully coming back before, you know, playing the Lakers and the Clippers and the Nuggets, um, you know, because that, that's obviously going to really dictate the storyline, too, um, of, the, of the MVP race as well. You know, that's another thing to think about, too. But I think that they're certainly a team to watch. They're certainly playing great basketball together. Um, I really like the nucleus of that team. Um, I still think that they're missing one more piece, I think they're missing a wing defender. Um, I don't think Danny Green is capable uh, of fulfilling that role anymore. He's, you know, you're obviously looking for three and D guys. He's more of a three guy, and that's sporadic at times too. Um, you know, you have Seth Curry. You know, you have people that can put the ball in the bucket, but I think they still need one more person to go out and get uh, by the tra- trade deadline, which we'll talk about more in a, in a little bit. Uh, Miami. Miami is a very interesting team um they've won 11 of the last 12 games since jimmy's come back uh from injury and i believe last week they were the bottom half of the top eight right so they were i think they were in the mix of like the sixth seventh eighth seed uh in the east uh, last week now they're sitting or before the all-star break now they're sitting at the fourth seed which is incredible. Jimmy's averaging ridiculous numbers. Um, he's playing out of his mind. Um, his last like three games, he's he scored 29, 29, and I believe like 25, something of the like there. Um, so he's playing great basketball. They're all rallying around him, which, I mean, do they have it in them to make another run? I mean, personally, I think there's too much firepower in the East, considering you have Philadelphia and you have the Brooklyn Nets too. Um, so we'll see depending on who their first round is, depending on, you know, where they fall, uh, you know, in the, in the seating there. Um, I I think they're definitely making the playoffs, but uh, as a matter of, you know, who they're getting matched up with, we'll absolutely see. I mean, they, they surprised all of us last year. So you just never know. You just never know. Upcoming schedule for them. They have uh, Memphis. Um, they play the Pacers twice. Uh, and then they play Phoenix, which Phoenix is actually um, one of my teams in the West to watch. Uh, Phoenix is 2-1 and one since the All-Star break. They've won six of the last seven games. They're playing phenomenal basketball. I mean, Chris Paul is, is really, he's without a doubt been the reason why they have changed their entire culture. They have great young talent. You know, Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, I mean, they... It's great. There's no question, right? 
they needed that leader. They needed the leadership. They needed the discipline. They, they needed all of those types of things to you know let them know and say, hey, listen, like these are the things we need to be doing and we're going to do it. And they completely changed the culture. I mean, it's obvious they're second in the West. You know, they're they're playing great basketball. Um, we'll see with, with their upcoming schedule. I think they're going to run through their upcoming schedule. Uh, well, I mean, they play Minnesota twice. Uh, they play the Lakers. They play Miami. And then they play Orlando. So we'll see with the, with the Lakers, see if they can get redemption on them because... If my memory serves me correctly, Phoenix beat them earlier in the season, um, and then Miami, and then you know a layup in in Orlando. Um, we'll see. I really like Phoenix. Um, they they were one of my teams to invest in. Um, I'm going to continue to to you know buy buy their stock. Um, if everyone's selling them, that's fine. I'm buying. I'm, I'm pushing that. I'm pushing their stock higher. I really think they have a good shot at making a run in the playoffs. Especially if they grab the second seed, if they grab the second seed in the West, then they're we'll we'll see. Because I I think they have enough to beat the Clippers. I'm going to be honest with you. You can you can quote that as a hot take. I I'm not I'm not sold on the Clippers at all. I don't think I ever will be. I, I think Paul George is way too inconsistent. Kawhi is not a leader. They don't have anything else. You know, Lou, if Lou Williams isn't putting the ball in the bucket, he's a liability. Um, Patrick Beverly is goes essentially by reputation and not by his actual performance so not sold on them but we shall see portland is my other team my second team in the west to watch now they're fourth in the west um they're they're two and two since the all-star break they have the Pelicans, they have the Mavericks twice, and then they have Brooklyn. So they have a tough stretch of games coming up. So this will set the stage for Damian Lillard and see if he can take a spot of someone else uh, for the MVP race, uh, within the MVP race, at least having a conversation about it. You know, maybe not, you know, the top three, but. Um, I still think my top three are going to be uh, Embiid, LeBron, and Jokic. Those are my top three. But uh, I'm, I, you just can't ignore what Damian is doing. There, it's just not right. It doesn't serve him justice at all. So definitely keeping an eye on um, Philly, Miami, Phoenix, and Portland. Um, those are my four teams to watch moving forward. Um, you know, with this week coming up, and, and see how everything shakes out. So I wanted to pose a question. To everybody listening, should the defensive player of the year be able to guard more than one position? I had a conversation with a friend of mine here. Uh, shout out Jack Savage. Um, we were talking about the defensive player of the year. Um, he is a you know diehard 76ers fan, as are you know a, a lot of my friends out here uh, in Philadelphia, um, and. He and others have always talked about, you know, Ben Simmons being in the conversation for Defensive Player of the Year. Reason being that, you know, obviously he's having a great year uh, on both sides of the ball. You know, he's still he's still consistent on offense with his career, so we can't say that he's dipping uh, offensively. I mean, he's just you, you know what he's giving you every single night, right? He's giving you fifteen to seventeen points. 
He's giving you, you know, anywhere from eight to ten rebounds, eight to ten assists. That's just what he's giving you night in and night out. So we know that. But defensively, he's always been regarded as one of the top tier defenders. So I did a little bit of digging and I was curious on the previous Defensive Player of the Year uh, winners. So since 2011, so if if you guys can recall, you guys and gals can recall, during the you know 2009, 2010, 2011, that was the year of Dwight Howard, right? So that was the year of Dwight just absolutely dominating um, the league defensively. Now, which he absolutely deserved. But getting to my point. 2011 to 2020, centers, the centers, they listed them as the, as such. They have won six out of ten times since 2011. Now, the only four are Giannis last year, uh, Draymond, and I believe 2017, and then Kawhi, which he won twice. I believe 2015-16, I believe. Giannis, Draymond, and Kawhi two times. The last time a guard... A guard of any type has won was 1996, and that was Gary Payton, the glove. And then Jordan, uh, a few years before that, he won Defensive Player of the Year. That's a long time. So I understand that the landscape transitioned. You know, the the early 2000s. When I say early, I mean you know the the Lakers years, right? Um, you know, and then once LeBron got into the league and then, you know, so that's, you know, whenever we're, we're talking like 03, 04, 05, and then later, you know, we start seeing this transition of, of the wings in the sense of, you know, having them start emerge and be more, uh, valuable. Right. And then obviously, you know, the, the guards, you know, uh, the, the point guards took over and now we have, you know, the people such as LeBron and KD and Giannis and all of these types of players that are 6'8", 6'9", 7 feet tall, that can dribble, handle the basketball, they can shoot, they can, you know, play defense, they can do everything, right? So my, my, my question is, should that defensive player of the year be able to guard more than one position? Because we're looking at, and, and I'm looking at Miles Turner as my defensive player of the year, but you know, are are you sticking to Miles Turner on the the uh, the opponent's best player? Probably not, right? Unless they're a center. But can can he lock down uh, outside of the perimeter? Him and Gobert, I don't think so. So, it, are, are we judging this off of just blocks? Are we judging this off of win shares? Because if that's the case, then defensive win shares, that goes to LeBron. He's playing phenomenal defense. Anthony Davis has been off for how long? And they're, they're I think, the top-rated defense or their top-five-rated defense in the league. So why shouldn't it be LeBron? Right? Why shouldn't it be uh, Ben Simmons? So, I, you know, it are so I guess are these all narrative-based narrative driven awards like is this even are, are these even legitimate anymore just a question that i'm raising i'm not saying that they're you know they're not but i'm just curious on what everyone else thinks on what you think yeah 
six out of ten times, a center has won Giannis, Draymond, Kawhi two times over the past ten years, over the past decade. And even before that, if you even go you know further on, you know during the two thousands, right? Not the twenty tens, but the two thousands. Um, that was the year of Ben Wallace, pretty much. My goodness, um, he won he won that award what three or four times, I think. Don't quote me on that. He won several times. He won he won it several times. But yeah, I mean that was that was a center a center driven league with with Shaq, and everyone was trying to figure out how to guard Shaq. And then Kobe came came along, changed the game for a while. LeBron came along, changed the game. Steph came along, changed the game outside outside a three point line. You know, so I mean, what what do you want in your defensive player of the year candidate? Do you want him to be able to guard multiple positions? I know I do. But if we continue just giving it to Rudy Gobert or you know whatever every single year, or at least having him in in contention, you know, then. So be it. So be it. I can't control the votes, but I think it's a. I, I think it could be a, a narrative-based kind of uh, driven award too, which is a shame. Anyway, that's just a question to think about. Let me know what you think. Moving into uh, the trade deadline, we got the trade deadline coming up on the twenty-fifth, so that is next Thursday. The trade trade day, excuse me. The trade deadline's approaching. Um, hmm. Who needs to make a move? Who who is moving? Uh, Lamarcus Aldridge. Uh, is there a place for him anywhere? He's pretty old. It's having an okay year, an okay season. Does a contender want to pick him up? Do they need him? I I don't know. Um, talking about the Clippers, um, are they going to add a point guard? I mean, they're looking at internally, right? They're they're hoping for you know a Terry Rozier or Ricky Rubio, you know, uh, a floor general, if you will. Uh, George Hill is in the talks. Kyle Lowry's in the talks. Um, Kyle Lowry, I think, would be a cool fit for Philadelphia, just to give them another chance to contend for a championship great leadership um you know you can put him off the ball ben simmons can still be your point guard um i think that would help a lot but i I think the clippers do need a point guard without a doubt um patrick beverly's not getting it done i mean lou lou will is a, a shooting guard but moving him to point guard not getting it done um yeah um just not working out denver do they need a better third option? If that makes sense. Yes. Do they need a, be- uh, a, a better third option? So looking at their third option, essentially that's Michael Porter Jr., right? MPJ. Would, is, is Denver smart to move MPJ? Uh, personally, no. I don't think. I think they should hold on to him. That's a great young talent. I think that they should really focus on developing him. Um, if they decide that, you know, they just want to go absolutely all in and not wait and involve MPJ in a trade deal and get something great in return, then we'll see about that. I think they should hold on to him. Um, but 
Do they need a third, you know, a better third option? I think they're okay where they're at. I think Gary Harris just needs to play better. I think that MPJ can step up. And then Jamal Murray hasn't really been playing great either. So, yeah, I mean, they're not even playing great basketball, and they're still, you know, they're still contending for, you know, uh, a playoff spot. So they're going to be fine. No problem. Uh, Victor Oladipo, well, I mean, this kind of goes hand-in-hand um, with with Victor um, going to Miami. I, I I like that. I do. I mean, I know that they have, you know, they have Hero and they have Duncan Robinson, which you know their their numbers dipped a little bit, as predicted, not by me, but just in general. I mean, just look at how history repeats itself. I mean, yeah, they have a great year, but you got to continue to do that, you know, year in and year out, which is very difficult to do for a lot of people. So it dipped slightly. I mean, not nothing outrageous, but you know, I think that you know Victor is a step slower, no doubt, since you know since his injury. But I think that gives them another great, uh, another great player to add, you know, into their arsenal. So, no doubt about that. Trade deadline is going to be interesting. I have no idea what's going to happen. I'm going to be quite honest with you. Um, if you guys know of any interesting, you know, rumors or trade deals or anything like that, um, let me know. Uh, I'm I'm always very intrigued by that. So, wrapping this up, guys. Um, Player of the week, and then some games to look forward to. So my player of the week is without a doubt Giannis Antetokounmpo. Uh, 29, 12, and 10 over the past week. Um, 64% shooting, 57% from the from the three-point line. Outrageous for him. Uh, 95% from the free-throw line. Also outrageous for him. I think he was like 6 of 7 from the free-throw line, but good for him. So um, they've been 4-0 in the past week. Now, they did play Memphis, the Knicks, and Washington twice, but they're still 4-0. Um, Damian Lillard was uh, my silver medal. Um, he absolutely went bonkers um, over the past you know past few games. Um, but Milwaukee's also playing great basketball. They have also um, have won nine of the last ten games. So they're playing great basketball. So Giannis, congratulations, player of the week. Um, we'll see who wins that next week. So we had Jokic, uh, we have Giannis, and then we'll see who wins next week. So games to look forward to, guys. Uh, Wednesday, so tonight, um, we have uh, Milwaukee at Philly. Great game. Clippers at Dallas, also a great game. Wednesdays are also are always awesome games. Uh, Thursday, um, Charlotte at the Lakers. Uh, Friday, Dallas at Portland. Saturday, we have Charlotte at the Clippers. And then Sunday, we have the Lakers and the Suns square up. So, um, guys, it's it's been it's been an interesting season so far. I'm very excited to see how everything wraps up. I'm excited to see these storylines develop, you know, with the MVP races, with the other, uh, you know, awards coming out, uh, with how these teams are playing, you know, certain teams getting healthy, um, you know, how they're going to, you know, move on, uh, you know, from, you know, within this deadline, uh, see what kind of moves they're going to make, et cetera, and so forth. So guys, I appreciate you stopping by. I, I appreciate you making it this far. It's, uh, it's been a, it's been a great podcast. I appreciate you listening. Please uh, give me a follow on Instagram, uh, Ty DeWitt with three T's, T-Y-D-E-W-I-T-T-T. You can follow me on there. 
I'm always down to discuss anything and everything basketball, uh, NBA especially. Um, Again, guys, I appreciate it, and I will see you next week.